wonder if we could give my good friend Marvin Mitchell a great big Christ tab welcome. Who's gonna preach with him today? Come on, who came to have church? Give a hand clap to the Lord for he is worthy. You wanna shout, you wanna whistle, but give God some praise in the house. We have worshiped him with great music and prayer. Can you just say thank you, Jesus, for being an awesome God, for being a way-making God, a, a prayer-answering God, a body-healing God. He's a great God. Would you say amen to that? It's great to be back. Man, I tell you, it's been such a, a long year and a half, I think, since we have been here and been with not just our friends, friends, the Sui family, but also many, many friends that we have developed in this congregation. And I thank you, Pastor, for this invitation to be here on this summer Sunday. But I think God can still speak in the midst of the summer. I think God can still work, Bishop, in the midst of the summer. As a matter of fact, I think God can work and speak in any time, place, or season, if we have the faith to believe that when he's in the room, everything changes, and that with God, all things are possible. In fact, nothing is impossible with Christ Jesus. If there's anybody that believes that today, would you just get a yes in your spirit and say, yes, Lord. Be in agreement with the Lord right now. Be in agreement with the body of Christ. Lord, I believe that you would have your way in this service Put a yes, Lord, in front of our faith. God, let us take our next step of faith towards you, whatever that might be today. Yes, Lord, we hear you. We feel your prompting. Fill our faith in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor, for this, this trust in your pulpit. I never take that for granted. And to the entire Sioux family, thank you. We love you. You are our second cousins that you won't claim us, but we'll claim you, I hope. And uh, yeah, we're Hoosiers, Bishop, and we're one state over and removed, but we love you and thank you for loving, loving us. It's great to have our family with us today. One verse before you're seated, Luke 6 and 46, and I'm not sure that I gave this to the media team, so apologies, but it's very short and it goes like this. It says, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? There have been times when the Lord spoke to me, and perhaps you've experienced this, and I tried to exchange it for a more palatable word. I wanted a different answer. I wanted the answer to my prayer to be something that I came up with or something that I was comfortable with. But here's the honest truth today. Before we get into our, our main message today and before we pray over this word, I want to challenge you with this thought. It's very difficult. It's very hard to hear the voice of God when we've already decided what we want him to say. If he's going to be Lord of our lives and he's going to speak truth into our spirits, we've got to seek the face of God and allow the anointing of the Holy Ghost to speak things that perhaps are not comfortable with our flesh, our mind, our spirit, and certainly with our natural eyes, we can't see. But could I challenge your faith today that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that the Lord would wash our eyes and allow us to see what he's already seen. 
Allow us to believe that he can do things greater than we could imagine, that he can do things that are exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or even think. Can we allow our prayers today as you lift your hands from the top of the balcony all across this room? Lift your hands in prayer, and God, would you speak today? I have no preconceived notion of what I want you to say. Lord, speak. Lord, speak into our spirits. Speak into the broken places of our hearts. Speak into the confusion in our country and in this state and around this region. Lord, I pray you remove, Lord, the affliction from the mind, body, or the spirit. God, remove the divisions in our families. I pray you speak life where there is death. And you speak hope where there is hopelessness. You speak light into darkness and call us out of that darkness into your marvelous light. Speak, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that every one of us are anointed by your spirit new and fresh. Let new and and fresh anointing be upon this place today. Would you pray with me right now? Lift your voice and lift your hearts to the Lord. And I want you to begin to pray for yourself. Pray for your loved ones. God, let anointing be upon us as a church. As the body of Christ, let the Holy Ghost do a work that is not of the flesh today. I pray, God, that our ears be open and our hearts be available to you, that we can become vessels of your spirit. I pray, God, we can see beyond our own limited vision and let us see the vision that you have for our careers and our families and this church and a lost and hurting world. Let us see those that are healed, Lord. Let us see those that are rising up in victory. Let us see those that are rising up with testimony. Lord, I speak healing in this place. I speak victory in this place. In the name of Jesus. Does anybody join your faith with mine right now? Come on, once you pray the prayer in the name of Jesus. Let healing begin to flow. Let virtue begin to flow in this house. Heal our faith if it is sick, that we might believe you are who you say you are, and you can do everything you have spoken to us. In Jesus' name. Would you say, in Jesus' name. And put a stamp on it. Put a period. Say, amen. Before you're seated, I want you to turn to your neighbor and just utter these simple words, because he says so. Because he says so. You may be seated in the presence of our Lord. Romans chapter 4 and verse 20. Paul, referring to this character named Abraham, and it says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was, somebody say strong. What was he strong in? He was strong in his faith. And through that strength in faith, he gave glory to God. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded, I've been partially persuaded at times. But when we get fully persuaded, our faith can overcome every limitation. Our God is then able through our faith 
to overcome every obstacle, remove every hindrance, and every limitation that we saw before that moment of faith is irrelevant because the only object of that faith is our God who cannot fail. So in that faith, it says that Abraham was fully persuaded that what he had promised, that is speaking of God, God was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Paul introduces us to this concept of imputed righteousness. What's that mean? Well, in short, imputed really just means that uh, we don't deserve it. But he said it. It means to be reckoned or just to be so. If we were south of the Mason-Dixon, I'd just say, well, I reckon. I reckon. I reckon it'll just be. Well, there's times in our life when we don't deserve the blessing of God. We have not earned the mercy of God. We shouldn't be able to call upon the name above every other name. But because we've believed in him, he looks down upon us and says, I reckon I can save you. I reckon I can change your life. I reckon I have gone to prepare a place for you. I reckon that I have a promise for you. And this is not something you deserve, and it is not something you can earn. But it's something he's already paid the price for. It's something that he has promised because he spoke it into existence. And once God speaks something, it must be so because he cannot lie. He speaks and it just is. It's truth. It has happened. And God has a promise for your life. Would you say amen? He calls us righteous for the work that he started through our faith. And I am thankful that his favor is not fair in my life. I'm so very thankful that God tried and didn't try to balance the equation of this relationship. He didn't say that we had to be equal parties in this relationship. He said, I'm going to love you just the way you came to me, but I love you too much to leave you that way. I've got more for you. I have more for your family. I have more for your church. I have more for this region. I have more for this country. If you will just have faith in me, I can finish what I started in you. God is faithful. I'm going to stay there for just a moment. God is faithful. Can anybody testify today that God has been faithful to you? He has been loyal to you. He has never left you. He has never forsaken you. He sticks closer than a brother to you. When you didn't deserve to have a relationship with him, he reached out to you. When you had tripped and fallen and fallen away from him, even there are times when you were running from God, he reached out and he caught you. He was with you. He wrapped his loving arms around your life and he loved you just as if you were a perfect being. But imperfect as we are, a perfect God has loved you and he has been faithful. Which you clap your hands and thank God for his faithfulness. He is faithful. By God's own words, we are justified simply by our faith. 
Not because faith alone should justify his sacrifice for you and I. But he said, if you have faith, you can be saved. For the just shall live by faith. He justified you simply by your belief in him. Because he believes in you. He sees more for you than you can even see for yourself. He believes more in what you can become even than what you can imagine or think or even ask for. Do you look at God today and realize he sees more in you than even you see in yourself? You look in the mirror and you might see a failed man or a fallen man or a wounded woman or a a hurt vessel, but all he sees is a child of the king. He sees royalty. He He sees chosen generations. He sees a children of God rising up. He sees a priesthood walking. He sees anointing and victory and he sees heaven and he sees you in it and he sees your children in it and he sees your grandchildren in it and he sees you walking on streets of gold and he sees you shouting the victory because you are victorious not in yourself but because who he sees you to be who he has called you to be. Could you believe for a moment that God can do great things through a people that can have faith in a great God? Somebody shout to the Lord. Yes, Lord. I believe in you. And Lord, I'm thankful that you believe in me. In spite of your past, he sees a promise for your future. In spite of an addiction, he sees a new path for you. In spite of the fog and the confusion of this world, he sees clarity and he speaks truth to your life. In spite of all the other voices telling you you're never going to be any greater than than who you are. You're always going to be a loser. You're always going to be an addict. You're always going to be a a, a has-been. You're always going to be forgotten. They don't really love you. And God looks down and he shows you true love. He shows you what mercy feels like. He shows you who you could be in his word. And when he speaks something, it must be true. This faith is the foundation of God's covenant of this covenant relationship. And as you have faith in him, he has faith in you to finish the race. Your completion is because of his redemption. And your redemption is because of your response to his word. When he speaks to you in an hour of prayer, perhaps during a song, Perhaps during a message. Perhaps when you're driving to work in the morning, you say, Lord, I need your help. And you hear, a, you hear the voice of the Lord speak faith into you, speak life into you, give you direction. Has anybody ever experienced that? Where you knew the Lord was speaking. Where you went back to a verse you've read 25 times and all of a sudden, boom, like the lights came on. Why does that happen? Because a man or a woman is not speaking. God is speaking. And there is anointing in his word. There is life in his word. There is salvation in his word. How do we respond when the Lord speaks? See, I don't mind the sinner's prayer. 
The sinner's prayer is very simple. It's a great starting point. It says, confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Has anybody ever heard that before? You're familiar with the, the sinner's prayer. But once we believe that he can save us, Bishop, I've got to let him save me. Once I have a word from the Lord that says you can walk by faith and not by sight, then I have to take a step. Then I have to respond to that word. Just knowing the word and receiving the revelation of the word is not enough in this day and age. We've got to act upon the word. We've got to respond to the word. When we hear the word of God called out, we've got to know that that is the direction that I need for my life. I'm going to pause for a moment and say just, just real quickly, some of you have had prophecies over your life. I know there have been prophetic words, Pastor, spoken over this church. And sometimes we look at the body of evidence around us, and it's hard to believe that that prophetic word could ever be fulfilled. Well, in our own means and in our own methods, it may not be. But we are not, we are not living this life by our own strength. We are living this life by the power of his spirit. And if God has given a prophetic word to you, to your family, to this church, he will finish what he started. Would you say, yes, Lord? Yes, Lord. The same faith that you believe he can save you, the Lord is speaking into your life. Because he has a promise prepared for you. Your faith is the fuel that propels you toward your promise. Yeah. And you may not be able to see it right now in the clouds and in the fogs. But you will, I promise you, be able to see it through the Spirit. If you will make yourself available to the Holy Ghost. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things, everybody say, not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are now seen were not made of things which do appear. We have the faith to believe that when God spoke, the creator revealed his creation. How many in this house believe that he is the creator of the heavens and the earth. You believe the Genesis account that at the very just utterance from his lips, the worlds were framed and created. The seas were there and then life was given and we were the partakers of his life. When he summoned light, there just was light. His words spoke and stars burst into existence. Just because he said so, the planets were created, aligned, and put into perfect orbit. Just because he said so, life came to be. And if we can have the faith, church, hear me today, to believe that his word is creative, why is it that we struggle with his word being directive? If he can create us, why does he have to fight to direct us? If he can make a body, why is it that we have a, a hesitation in believing he can fix a body? If you believe God made the heavens and the earth, I believe that he's all powerful in the heavens and the earth. 
and what is bound in one can be bound in the other and what is loosed in one can be loosed in the other if he is God of all creation he should be able to direct and order my steps by faith some of you have been asking everybody around you to find an answer to a question in your life would you just ask the Lord today Lord what do you want me to do where do you want me to go how do you want me to live and if he speaks listen because if we'll do this God's way we cannot fail we cannot lose we cannot be cast away as the world would sometimes cast us away. Has anybody had somebody in this world or a company in this world or something in this world that you just thought, man, that's a real anchor in my life? And it is until it isn't. And then it's just gone. And then you go back to an old-fashioned altar, Bishop, and you say, Lord, I need you to be Lord of every area of my life. And he never fails. He never shows up late. He's always on time. He knows exactly what you need. But it's your faith that would lead you to trust him. To trust him. We can't believe in him unless we trust him and lean not upon my own understanding. Delight in the ways of the Lord. God providing a need should seem very simple compared to the provisions he's already prepared in a heavenly place. Whatever you need from the Lord today, are there any needs in the house? Whatever you need from the Lord, I'm not diminishing the scale or the heaviness or the petition of your need or the provision required to meet it. All I'm saying is that he's prepared a place for you in heaven and he created the heavens and the earth. And whatever need you provide to him, he has already provided the answer for it. His hands are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And whatever you need from God, he is able to perform. And this leads us to our main text today. That was my introduction. Just kidding. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, the Greek reference to the Sea of Galilee. Verse 2, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Everybody say they were finished. They'd given up. And he answered, or he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answered, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night. We've already tried this. And have taken, everybody say nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. If you have the NIV, the NIV says it like this. Because you say so, Lord, I will let down the nets again. 
And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. And they beckoned unto their partners, their friends, which were in another ship. You know the story, that they should come out and help because there was a blessing bigger than their ship could handle. And they came and filled both ships, so much so that they began to sink. They thought the day had ended without blessing. No fish to be caught. No provision to be caught. No nets to be filled. Let's park the boats. Let's wash the nets. This season is over. We'll accept defeat. The pressure and the evidence is too great to believe that a miracle could happen. But because you say so, Lord, I will cast out my nets one more time. The Bible says they were hungry for the word. And after the Lord spoke on the boat, presumably they had invited Jesus onto their boat. If you don't have Jesus onto your boat, he can't speak into your miracle. When I say Jesus being on your boat, I don't mean on Sunday between 10 and 12. I mean, he's a part of your life. I mean, he's walking and talking with you every moment of your day. I mean, you have a covenant relationship with, with him. For those of you that are married in the house, you don't have a covenant when you feel like it with your spouse. You're either in covenant or you're not in covenant. You're either in the marriage or you're not in the marriage. Can I get an amen? I'm glad it didn't get quiet there, Pastor. I'd have to change what I'm preaching right now. When you're in a covenant relationship with God Almighty, he's always with you. He'll never forsake you. But it's not just that he's with you. You're with him always. You are his child. You are his bride. Because you say so. Is that enough, church? Does he have to prove it to you? You know, I've never taught a good Bible study by arguing with somebody. I've tried, Bishop. I've tried, Pastor. I'm a stubborn man. I have tried to debate with somebody who is equally stubborn with me, and it never works. If somebody is not hungry for the Word of God, you can't force feed them the Word of God. Why is it that we make God force feed us? Because God's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way into your life. If you love him and you're hungry to hear a word from him, he'll speak into your life. But even today, under the sound of my voice, that I hope is surrendered to God's voice, if you're not hungry to hear the word of God, he can't speak into your life. How is it that some of us walk into a service and receive the greatest revelation of our lives and a person sitting three seats down says, yeah, I didn't really get what was going on there today. Let's go eat. The only difference 
His hunger. Are you hunger and thirsting after righteousness? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? Are you asking God, speak into me? Because I need a bread. I need the bread of life to move me forward. I'm starving in my spirit, and I cannot fulfill it in my flesh. Lift your hands from the front to the back right now. Would you pray right now? I want you to pray a hungry prayer. God, I am, I am desiring your word. I need a revelation. I need a new and fresh anointing, Lord. God, you've spoken. You are speaking right now. Allow us, allow us, Lord, to let your word shape us. Because you say so, I will let down my nets again. Because you say so, I will have hope one more time. Because you say so, I will move forward even though my legs are weary and my steps are worn. Even though you, it doesn't look like any evidence would point me to believe the miracle will be complete. Because you say so, Lord. I will believe you can do everything you said you can do. Somebody say, if you say so. You know, I can recall there being times when somebody would say something to me. Some blaggarts. Some people that think a little more highly of themselves than they should. Some people that stick their nose into your business and they shouldn't, they should, they should watch their noses. You probably don't have any relatives like that, but have you ever experienced where somebody says something and you look back at them and the only response you can think of that's not really, really rude is, well, if you say so. If, if you say so. And basically what you're saying is, consider the source. I believe this as much as I believe in you. I believe that story is true, or you actually do have a 48-inch vertical based on the fact that you said it. And depending on the source of the statement, that's how much you believe what was spoken. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's why it was so important that we look at Peter and his response. You know, we used to have a couple of people, you probably don't have this in Illinois, this is just in Indiana, we have a, we have a pride spear that, there, especially with sports, yeah. and you'd play some church league softball, and you'd have some new guy walk up and be like, yeah, I had a tryout for the St. Louis Cardinals, and then you watch him out there in the outfield looking like Sandlot. <laughs> and what's your response? Everybody say, if you say so. You know, we had some guys come in and say, yeah, I ran track for Oregon. Yeah, sponsored by Nike. I was making $500,000 a year in college. I didn't even need a pro contract. And you see them get out there, and they're stumbling all over their, their cell. They look like a, a horse with a broken leg, just not a smooth glider. And you just say, what, church? If you say so. That's why it's important to heed the words of Peter when he looked at the front of the boat as to who was speaking. And he's looking at the fact that they've been fishing all day and caught nothing. But he looked back at Jesus, the author and the finisher of his faith. 
a person who had never failed, a person who had just laid hands on an older lady and healed her the day before, such a miracle that she cooked dinner that night. And he said, because you say so, I will do whatever you tell me because you never fail. The Lord is speaking into your spirit right now. You have heard everybody else's opinion. Hear God's voice right now because he says so. It will be. The miracle will be finished. Your story is being finished. Why? Not because I say so, but because God says so. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Jesus is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that I could ask or even think. He's never fallen short. Consider the source today. He's got a perfect record. And as Sister Tenney used to say about Brother Tenney, how selfish of us to believe that he would start failing with us. He's got a perfect batting average. He could play for the Cardinals if he wanted. Maybe even the Cubs. I know it's a divided house. Careful. You can make a mediocre message really, really bad. If God said so, it just is. It may not come when you want it to. It may not come how you want it to come. The blessing may not be shaped in a perfect package that you have prepared for you to put your God in. Why are we putting God-sized miracles in man-sized boxes? Stop it. Stop speaking things of doubt. Stop asking for people's opinion who are not speaking on his behalf. God, if you speak it, it will be, and I believe it. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 24, I'm almost done. It says, he who calls you is faithful who also will do it. If you're looking for a way, he's the way. If you need to hear truth in your life because you've heard enough lies, he is the truth. If you're tired of the old life, let me just introduce to you today. He is the life because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. There is no other way, there is no other truth, and there is no other way to live. This is the best way to live. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And part of recognizing the truth is recognizing what is not the truth. The enemy, the devil is a liar and he is a confuser and he doesn't have to defeat you if he can distract you. Don't let the other voices distract you. Hear the voice of God. He's speaking right now. He's encouraging right now. He's planting hope into you right now. Doubt is the only obstacle between your hand and God's hand. 
if you can remove your doubt today, he can turn the dream into your destiny. He can take your path and shape it toward heaven. He can protect and save your kids. He can heal your body. He can change the face of this community. But you've got to let him speak. And you've got to say, Lord, take my doubt. I walk by faith and not by sight. I get so frustrated with the deceiver that says God cannot. And then the same voice comes in my other ear and says, God will not. If God cannot, why is the enemy telling me that, the, that, that God will not? Will is a question of capability, right. not probability. If the enemy is speaking doubt into your spirit, it's because he knows God's word will be fulfilled. Right. Right. It's because he knows what's about to happen. He knows that victory belongs to Jesus. He knows that he's the author and the finisher of your faith. And the only way he can defeat you is to distract you from the voice of God. What's the probability that God will finish what he started? Come on, somebody give me the odds. What's the probability that God will fail or God will succeed? If you're a betting man or you're a betting woman, what is the probability that God can and God will finish what he started in you? Can we stand all across this house right now? I want you to think about the odds of God completing what he started, of God healing what he created, of God making a way where there seems to be no way. If you will bring the faith, he will finish the miracle. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. His word that he speaks into your life will be standing with you in victory as it was standing with you in creation. Because you say so, Lord, I'm tired of all the other voices. I'm tired of the voices in my own head. I'm ready to hear the voice of God. God, what do you think about it? What do you want me to do? God, what are you asking of me? Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Somebody say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Isaiah 58 and 14, in closing, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Verse 59 and 1 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. He is mighty to save. So why do I repent? Because he says so. Why are we baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of our sins? Because he says so. Why do I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost evidence by speaking in another tongue? Because he says so. Because John 3 and 5 says 
that if I want to go to heaven, I've got to be baptized in water and in spirit. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, if you've been baptized any other way, you need to be baptized today, not because I say so, but because the Word of God says, I want you to go to heaven. I've got a place prepared for you, and you need to be baptized in water and in spirit. Can I get a witness in this house? Some of you have been going through some motions lately and you don't know if it even matters. You're not even sure if coming to church this morning is really going to change your life. But I want to rebuke the voice of the doubter and the confuser. And I want you to hear me right now and say you're here because God asked you to be here. You're faithful because he is faithful. You have hope because he is hope. You know love because he is love. And if you can have the audacity to believe just because God says so, God can work miracles in this house. God can remove the hands of addiction from this place. God can remove the voices of the criticizer and the hater from your life. Speak, Lord. Lift your hands all across this house. Every eye closed, every heart and mouth open. I want you to speak as the Spirit leads you right now. Let the Lord begin to speak into this place before we open this altar. God, I will pray again because you tell me to. I will keep believing because you told me to keep the faith. God, I will walk with you and talk with you because I need you in my life. God, I need you right now. He said, rise up and walk to the lame man. The word of God spoke something that was impossible. And because of an obedient heart, the lame man rose up and walked before the Lord. He did a miracle simply by obeying the voice of God. So as I open this altar right now, if you have a miracle that's not complete, I want you to walk up here because God says so. If you have faith in your heart, I want you to get out of a comfortable place and say, I need help in my family. Walk up here because the Lord is going to finish what he started. The Lord's head is not short, but it is mighty. To the pulling down of strongholds, to the breaking of bondage, to the removing of affliction. Why don't somebody grab your husband or your wife? Say, baby, it's been a long time, but we need a new and fresh anointing. Come down here, lift up your hands, lift up your voice, and I want you to begin to pray and let the Lord speak as the praise team would sing. Would you lift your voice in this place? Come on, church.